0: I'd like to call the Business and Commerce Subcommittee meeting to order. We have um, a pretty, pretty booked agenda this morning and one hour to get through it, so um, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, we're picking up four bills or reviewing four bills this morning. Uh, the first bill we're going to discuss on your agenda uh, is S. 232, which deals with nonprofit corporations. Um, It is a rather technical bill, uh, but largely been uh, uh, requested by a a large employer in our state, Bon Secours Hospital. Um, It has to do with taking a nonprofit entity and converting to LLCs in a streamlined manner. Um, Again, this is something that, as far as we can tell, really um, is focused on uh, Bon Secours. Uh, We have talked to other hospitals uh, that would be deemed competitors of Bon Secours, and they don't seem to have any issue with it. However, we have uh, dug in a little bit on this bill to try and make sure that it doesn't do anything um, that would negatively impact or have unintended consequences that could be problematic. So with that, I would recognize uh, the chairman, um, um, Representative Sandifer, um for, some, for his thoughts.
1: Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and this, this is a situation that we uh, looked at uh, late yesterday and into the night last night. In, in this bill, this would allow a not-for-profit corporation to convert to an LLC. Our laws in South Carolina prevent anybody from benefiting from the sale of assets of a not-for-profit. However, my concern is, and, and our staff's concern is, that should we allow them to convert to an LLC, we have not found rules that would prevent the LLC then from disposing of assets for a profit. And it is a concern of mine and staff's that I think we need to look at. And so for that reason, I'm going to ask us if it be the will of the subcommittee that we pass the bill so that we get it out of sub, and then When it comes up in full next week, if we have not gotten an appropriate answer to this question, then we would adjourn debate and have another full committee uh, either next week or the very first of the following week so that we could take the bill to the floor. In doing all that, we may end up having to request that we make an amendment to address that problem. And right now, we just don't know. So I, I would ask your indulgence in handling it in that manner, Mr. Chairman.
0: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, again, we, this is an effort to help a very large and important company in our state. I think we want to help them. I think they're willing to work with us. Um, but I really appreciate the Chairman's time, staff's time, uh, to make sure that we don't do something that uh, could be problematic uh, for another Applicant of the same uh, under the same uh, statute. So, uh, I, I, I think what the chairman has recommended makes sense to me. But happy to um, um, entertain any discussion. Mr. Blackwell, uh, Mr. Chairman, thank you, uh, <clears throat> Chairman Sanderfer. Can you tell me what the uh, the incentive is to make the conversion? Because obviously I think your, your conversation or your concern about the asset sales certainly makes a lot of sense to me, and there must be some incentive for the organization to go through the process because we know
1: it's not an easy one. Yeah, and Mr. Blackwell, you're exactly correct, and there is. Uh, bon Secours is uh, part of a conglomerate, if you'll let me call it that. It's actually headquartered in Cincinnati, Ohio, And they have health facilities throughout most of the United States. And all of them are LLCs, but under the umbrella of that parent company, which is a not-for-profit. And this would allow Bon Secours in South Carolina to be in the same modality as all of the rest of those health care facilities throughout the country. Our laws may have an opening there for some, some wrongdoing, and that's what we've got to figure out. But it's in order to make it, the structure operate uh, properly, that's all it is.
0: Yeah, just to add to that, um, I think for, for clarity too, as I understand it, when Von when Secours was bought or merged with Mercy uh, back in 1998, uh, the set the corporate structure for the Bon Secours Hospitals in South Carolina was different than uh, the other hospitals in Mercy. So they're trying to just do it, get it to where everything's consistent under their umbrella. Um, So again, it's really focused on them and their corporate structure and the outlier are the the hospitals in South Carolina.
2: Mr. Williams. Um, Yeah, just thank you for the clarification. And certainly I'm, I'm trying to, Knowing about the nonprofit world, I'm pretty much, I'm very, very, very much familiar with. I'm just curious how um how those access you know gonna be exchanged to LLCs. Because um previously in a nonprofit world, you have to transfer access to another nonprofit instead of transferring to an LLC. So, and I know that's something we probably can talk about later on. I'm just kind of curious how that worked. And my question also is, as relates to LLC, will this company have all LLCs and no nonprofits in, in the country? Is that, is that what Mr. they
0: Mr. I'm happy to take it. Um, I, I think the answer to your first question is the same question that we had. So I think it's a good question. We want to make sure that, um, again we're not doing something that could be problematic for other companies uh, uh, to do the same thing that don't necessarily have the same reasoning behind it so your point is well made and and that's the reason for uh, us doing a little bit more homework before we pass it out a full committee Um, as for your second question relating to All of the entities are nonprofits, and they roll up into a parent LLC that is a nonprofit. So, um, one other question that we had was: Does this have any fiscal impact whatsoever uh, on South Carolina? And it does not. So, okay.
2: Uh, well, I, I'm certainly will be concerned about the the precedent we set as we move forward with this um, um, LLC and nonprofit piece. Certainly. Okay. All right. Any other
0: questions? Before we entertain a motion, I'd like to entertain a motion. I'm <laughs> <No, a> second. <laughs> uh, all in favor, signify by say, raising your right hand. Opposed, likewise. i have it. Um. The second two bills are, are, are related but not, not the same. We'll pick up um, S 421 first. Uh, this has to do with um, uh, payment of extended benefits. Um, and to try and get this as succinctly as possible, uh, under federal guidelines or, or, or uh, under federal rules, there's a two-year look back for um, determining these extended unemployment benefits. South Carolina law currently is three-year look back. So all we are doing is changing three to two to be in compliance with uh, federal law. So um pretty straightforward. Uh, There's a lot more language on the bill, but uh, that's in essence what it boils down to. So happy to entertain any questions. Uh, We have a motion to adopt. We have a second. All in favor, signify by raising your right hand. Those opposed, likewise. Ayes have it. Okay, uh, third bill um, is Senate Bill 468. Again, this deals with extended unemployment benefits. Um, it is largely in compli- to bring us into compliance, but really this is to be able to take advantage of federal funds. Um, right now, there is a if, – if extended fe- – Federal unemployment benefits are triggered when the unemployment rate hits a certain level. We're not pretty. We're not very close to that, but we didn't know that back in December when this um, guardrail was was put forward. And basically, what this bill does is it waives a 13-week wait period uh, that um, we have an on our books, uh, so that if unemployment is triggered i.e. it gets above six percent and this is kind of an emergency scenario and only applies to 2021 so it's a pretty boxed in piece of legislation and has given what our current unemployment rate is very low low chance of ever being needed but it gives us the ability to waive that 13 week wait period um versus having to sit through it if we're in a pretty you know, if our, if our economy's in a spiraling. Any questions?
2: So, so actually, it gives us some flexibility to kind of move along with the economy, pretty much? It, it, it gives us flexibility and
0: doesn't really prevent us from taking advantage of federal funds. Okay,
2: that's good.
0: We have a, have a motion move for passage. We have a second. Uh, all in f- favor, signify by raising your right hand. Those opposed, eyes have it. God, I figure out how to push this thing. Uh, the last bill is S500, uh, and it is a pretty straightforward bill that deals with um, uh, building code officials and the review of plans as it relates to townhomes. Um, Right now we have a a situation or some confusion really in uh, a couple of counties uh, and it's where the building inspectors are interpreting um, the way the current statute is written to require an architect seal on townhomes. it's not really required, and all that all this is Bill is doing is just making sure that the language is clear to avoid any confusion. So basically, if a builder um, uh, presents a set of construction drawings to uh, a municipality or governing body um, for townhomes, it does not have to have an architect seal, provided it does. Um, uh, uh, meet all other building code standards. So the architect, the AIA, is in favor of this. The builders are in favor of this. The code officials are in favor of this. This is not a controversial or you know questionable. Um, it's really just a point of clarification. And we have Michael Day for brief comments. Oh, sorry. And we have a speaker on this. So um, we have Michael Day with uh, Home Builders, Home builders uh, of Greenville. You covered it. Uh, and there's nothing more I need to say on it. Second. Second. All right. All those in favor, signify by raising your right hand. Those opposed, likewise. Ayes have it.